Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, FPL champion only for a little bit more time, Chuck Bailey, and super producer Ian Stimson. How's it going, boys? Chuck, how are you doing? Always good to start on a dig. Yeah, great, mate. Great, mate. Get it in while you can. <laughs> uh, that's all I'm saying. Hope you're prepared and you brought your Vaseline because we're going deep on your ass. Oh, all right. Good. I didn't realize it was my birthday. Looking forward to it. Uh, Ian, checking in on Posh Island as required, as almost skipped last week. Very indignant. Very shocked that I would potentially listen to what you asked for. So I'm going to respect that and come on back. <laughs> yeah, Talk to enough. me about Posh. How's it going? Tell me about Peter Burley this week. Uh, not as good as I would have hoped. We we only drew against Sunderland, and that takes promotion out of Peterborough's hands now. Because if Sunderland win all their games, Hull win all their games, there's nothing we can do about it. This was our this was our chance to shut Sunderland out, and it didn't happen. So yeah, fuck yeah, yep. That was always going to happen. Now just play for fun, you know. <laughs> See how the rest of the we're year. Gonna finish, we're going to finish third, and then finishing third never wins the playoffs. I'm going to go to Wembley and get all disappointed, and it's going to be awful. Hey, at least you get to go to Wembley, though. Going to places, doing things. Are you kidding? That's like yeah, Oscar, if, Oscar, we get, Oscar. if we get through the semi final. Well, yeah, he, I mean... <laughs> he's making a bit of a stretch that they get through the semi finals to the playoffs. First. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if the semi finals yeah. are also at Wembley, like the FA Cup or. Oh no, they're they're, they're two legged, so we'll yeah we'll lose to fucking Blackpool or something. It's it's written in the stars. There you go, Ian Holloway is Blackpool, right? Is that right? Was he a manager of theirs? Did I make that up completely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're only like twelve years out, but <laughs> hey, sure. yeah. that I remembered one the name of a yeah. person, let alone a manager. Yeah. Two, what team they were with, and like, yeah, I think he deserves a little bit of credit actually. Yeah, there. that's, that's a win. That's a huge yeah. win for me. I take that. All right, well, if you are joining us for the first time. Thank you. We are happy to have you. We are a podcast with two Brits and one American, and we try to talk about the Premier League, but we mostly go off track and get distracted. Uh, if you are back, thank you. We love you. We appreciate it. Tell a friend. Uh, write a review. Five stars. Leave a review. Leave a review, you prick. We haven't had a review for ages. We've got one Asian review. Uh, that's our only one star. Don't know what it says. Can't translate it. <laughs> Is that true? I don't know. I think so. I could be making it up. <laughs> We did get a one star, but the uh, the coward didn't leave a review. That was Fucking ages ago. Bitch. <laughs> oh, that was uh, that was me. Oh, was it? Just yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the show, really. Yeah, it's just yeah. once a week I log on to get yelled at for two hours by two British dudes. Like, what am yeah. I doing? Have listened, not a fan. Not a fan. Look, not a fan. We tried we tried to streamline it down to an hour, mate, but you just keep coming back for more. So fair enough, fair enough. I mean, some people pay extra for that sort of thing, so I am not one to judge. We should transition into the main part of the show. And we like to kick things off around here with our famous segment, Rapid, Rapid, Rapid Fire News. Unfortunately, womp womp, no fun news stories this week. This is actually just an entire edition of Rapid Fire Racism. We have had quite a few incidents, and as usual, we try not to ignore those and to just bring it up and uh, keep everybody informed of all the vile things that are happening all around. Um, so we'll start things off with West Bromwich Albion. Uh, West Brom have contacted West Midlands police after striker Callum Robinson was subjected to racist abuse on social media after Saturday's 5-2 win against Chelsea. Robinson, 26, came off the bench to score twice in the shock victory for relegation-threatened West Brom. West Brom said they were appalled by the messages sent to the Republic of Ireland forward on Instagram, and they are going to be seeking 
the toughest available legal punishment. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of assuming that that's Chelsea fans here, if I'm being honest, given that it happened after a shock loss mm. against us and that Chelsea have plenty of history with uh, racist fans and bad things. Um, either way, whether you're a Chelsea fan or not, if you are one of the people, I don't know why you would be listening to this, but that sent Callum Robinson some uh, terrible, terrible messages on social media. Fuck you. You suck. And uh, moving on. I hope that the police do come down as strongly as possible uh, on the side of the player there. Um, continuing on with our tour of Racism Island, um, we had an incident with Valencia. Valencia players on April 4th walked off the pitch against Cadiz due to what appeared to be an alleged racist comment against their defender, Mukhtar Diakbi. Diakobi, uh, apologies on the pronunciation there. Um, that has since been followed up by an official statement by Valencia saying that they don't believe uh, the person whose name I won't use, who is the racist, uh, saying that they, it's made up and that this thing never happened, blah, 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 blah. Valencia came out and said, official statement, person, we don't believe you. And then, um, you know, kind of took it from there. So Should we not call him out and shame him for being a racist? I don't. I, don't, I understand like your point, of course, and and I'm happy to go with that. But I feel that we shouldn't. Hmm. If it is someone who is a racist, why should we? Why are we protecting their identity for? Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I guess the my my version of that was just like let's not speak their name because they suck. Um, but yeah, you're right. We should call them out. Uh, so that player was Juan Cala uh, from Cadiz, um, and he sucks. That's it. Yeah. He he really does. If the reports of what he's saying are true, Jesus Christ, he sucks. Fuck me. Well, I haven't I haven't heard that bit. I haven't heard exactly what was said. Uh, don't really think I need to. It's bad. You saw on the pitch how uh, Diakabi was openly talking to the ref uh, without hiding himself, um, speaking about what had happened. And then Kala goes over to the manager, covers his mouth, makes sure he's not seen doing anything, which automatically makes you think, well, what are you trying to hide? So, yeah. and then mm-hmm. there was all kinds of different things at the time because the Valencia player, players walked off and everyone said, that's great. Then the Valencia players came back and they didn't really understand why. Uh, there were some reports at the time saying Dear Carby told them to go back out. Uh, and it turns out actually in Valencia's statement, they were told that they would be punished uh, if they didn't go out and play again. So not exactly La Liga um, taking their anti-racist stance very seriously. The fact that they were forcing players to play um, probably would have, you know, at the same vein, just liked Valencia to say, fuck it. Um, and yeah, it's disgusting. And, you know, Valencia calling him out and saying, look, you had the chance to tell the truth and you're not doing it. So we directly players, We're going to change you. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Good for Valencia, at least. Um yeah. That for stance. them to just come out and just straight up be like, you're, you're, a no, you're a liar. We stand with our player. We believe our player. We believe people that are victims of this sort of stuff. Like, fantastic messaging from the club. Um, every little bit, every little ally, every little fight counts and helps. So, continuing along the tour, the grand tour of racist crap, we have Tottenham Hotspur uh, tweeting on April 4th, We are disgusted by the racist messages Received by Davinson Sanchez today and are calling on social media platforms to take action. Sanchez being one of many, many, many players, basically every week, all the time at all times, uh, to be getting racist abuse on social media. Um, At a certain point, and I don't really think we need to comment on the specifics one here, uh, I would think that probably down the line clubs will have some sort of 
more say on what types of social media platforms the players are like using and posting on and stuff. If the greater world at large doesn't really start to take charge of this, then it'll probably be up to the clubs to protect their players or do something. But at the end of the day, like you can't tell someone not to have social media. Um, you could just say like you have to have like super high security settings or whatever. I, I don't know. Th- they have to protect the players somehow. I don't think we spoke about it during the international break, but Thierry Henry took himself off all of social media until mm. it gets sorted, until there are um, more severe punishments, uh, as opposed to just saying, "Oh well, no, we're not going to get rid of monkey emojis and stuff like that." Like pff, fucking whatever. But uh, it's why a lot of players now they don't manage their social media accounts and you, and you don't just see it in football you see it across everywhere you hear of MPs uh, getting bags and bags of hate mail and racist hate mail and those kind of things and they have teams of people who deal with that and on their social media you know we joke about the the Joe Hart obviously that side and so you, you see that they, these pages aren't being managed by them because a lot of them are like you know what we don't we don't want the abuse but you feel like you still have to be on there and it's like it's ruining that part of Twitter, which is, you know, when a footballer does respond to you or see something or or that that kind of nice side where mm. and even even sometimes footballers getting on with people who are like fairly criticizing them, let's say, and or analyzing their play or or whatever, and then they respond and they have, you know, you you read through the threads and you see that engagement and it's and it's nice, that kind of side of it. And then you're like, but it's it's Sadly, it's like a lot of things in life that there's just some absolute scumbags that ruin it for everyone. And it's it's a shame that the response has to be, well, we'll just leave it and just yeah. let that thing become a cesspit of horrible as opposed to there being more direct action and just being a bit, you know what, f- fuck it, we'll, we will... You know, if people are using the N word to describe people or all sorts of other bits and pieces, like there should be severe actions and the punishments don't ever fit the crimes when it's, you know, people getting two years or whatever it is for being paedophiles online. And but then two guys got 17 years for streaming a football game illegally, streaming football games illegally. And you're like, the punishments do not match the crimes in terms of their actual impact on yeah. society so much as their impact on economics. And so the simple fact is that until we start seeing sponsorship action and those kind of things, as we have seen with uh, obviously the NFL, with the Washington football team and a few other bits and pieces that are going on uh, in the States at the minute, I can't claim to be an expert, but with the state of Georgia, that until we see those kind of sanctions and kind of things come into football, Instagram, uh, Facebook, mm you're not going to see action and that's and that's the saddening thing behind it the tricky thing is that like who is it that it falls upon to like do something about it because the internet is obviously uh available everywhere so like is it subject to international law is it subject to uk law is it subject to united states law is it like depends on where you live that's the like there's a lot of very gray areas and legal questions around that that the internet companies have largely um, tried to ignore or avoid dealing with. But I think it is reaching a point where not just in sports, I think this is like, you know, obviously we saw like the effect of social media on the recent uh, movements in the US and um, political and otherwise. Uh, so I think that that is something that is going to fall to eventually the internet companies, um, specifically the social media companies to do something about. Because like, I know for me, like in person, the number of times that I've had like a racial slur used against me or like felt 
physically unsafe uh, as opposed to just your casual like dirty look or like you know almost lesser racist offenses um very very few and far between do those those like really notable incidents happen in real life um but online like i get shit in my dms like very regularly i just immediately like block the person i don't bother reading it like Mm. i don't i try not to let it like affect me um i think i'm pretty good at compartmentalizing being like ugh, trash person blocked Ugh, trash person blocked um but you get it on social media like infinitely more than you do in real life because people realize like you know if someone comes up to me in my face and uses a racial slur like they're getting knocked there's a risk to them yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and, and I'm a pretty big dude, you know? So, like, I think that that stops people from doing that. But online, I'm just an avatar yeah. of a Funko Pop wearing a Chelsea jersey. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I think it gives people a lot of room there. Um, moving on to our last one. This is an update on an older situation. Uh, following an investigation, UEFA has decided to allow Gareth Bale to elbow Kudela every day. For, <laughs> nope, that's not the punishment. Sorry, that's my bad. If only. If he only. gets Oscar's, Oscar's dream uh, law change, which is he gets to get elbowed in the face three times a day. Yep, yeah. exactly. Shout out Gareth Bale. We stand Gareth Bale now. Official fan of the uh, official player of the podcast. Fan of yeah. the pod. He's a fan of the pod. He is a big fan of the pod as well. He has a lot of free time while he's golfing, listens to podcasts. Wales, no, um, golf. Miles offside, Madrid. <laughs> That's the order. Um, so, sorry to take to say the actual thing. Uh, UEFA has decided to suspend Slavia Prague's Kudela for one game after the racial incident with Rangers' Glenn Camera. Uh, Kudela was injured over the international break and would still have been out against Arsenal on Thursday anyway. Yeah. So yeah. it is a one-game ban that will not actually be served. One-game ban for a game he wasn't going to. There is technically, I guess it could be longer. Um, Ian, you were saying this earlier that it might be like potentially 10 matches or even more, uh, depend, depending on like uh, it's getting handed over to a different board or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it could be more. But either way, like what a, what a fucking bullshit at what thing. Point, at what point does this have to escalate beyond the single person that does it? How do you mean? How do you mean? Like the, the club is getting punished now? Yeah. At what point does that? Because if you're, yeah, yeah it's fair if point. you're having this player, and then you know he gets his one match, ten match, whatever it is, ban. He's probably still going to train with the club. The club will go, oh, you've been a very naughty boy, or blah, 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 blah. probably just having laughs and stuff around with the players, and then he just comes back, and then it's fine. And then the club don't yeah. suffer for you know with regards to their standing with UEFA, they still get to compete in the competitions and crack on. Meanwhile, yep. it's just kind of a hush up for a little while. Make people forget about the guy that was racist. Oh, now now he's back, and now it's fine. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. In the eighties, English teams were banned from Europe for the actions of the fans. Mm. Uh, you know, in, with hooliganism and stuff. Well, yeah. The the big one was it happened with Liverpool, and uh, yeah. all English clubs were banned from European competition for five uh, five years. Liverpool were banned for six. That was in yeah. nineteen eighty five. And that's because of the fans of English teams. I mean, yeah, you're right. At some point, the the conduct of the players, who surely represent the clubs a bit more than the fans do, exactly, should should be. It feels like the world has changed since the '80s, in that there's so much more money in the game mm-hmm. that to ban clubs, be it from a nation or just to ban an individual club, if a player does something like this, just feels like such a big move just because of money. But 
that shouldn't stop it being the right thing to do. You know, it's just... On a societal level, and I, I have a different perspective, I guess, than you guys might because of being in America and the, the whole free speech thing, whereas you guys can actually, like, face legal action for saying racial slurs and stuff, um, I believe is my understanding of over there. Hang on, so in America, you can't face... Is that what you're saying? You no, can't you can call criminal. anything... You can call anyone anything you want. There's no hate crime laws. <laughs> hate crimes are only about, like, physical attack. Really? Or discrimination in the workplace or anything. You can use any words anywhere, anytime you want, to any person. Fucking hell. Yeah, I know. Free speech, baby. It's great. It's called an amendment. We have a lot of them, and most of them are bad, actually. (laughs) Well, no. Well, some are good, some are bad. I like the way amendments to the Constitution can't possibly be changed, though, when they are in themselves amendments. Prohibition came and went pretty fucking quickly, didn't it? (laughs) Yeah, there's only one amendment that came in, and then then one amendment amending another amendment, and that's to get rid of prohibition. Yeah. (laughs) Um, sorry, where was I, though? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think it's really going to come down to, like, it really does just come down to individuals. Like, the club doesn't want to alienate the player. The league doesn't want to cause friction with the clubs. No one wants to cause friction with any governments. And it's just, like, everyone's, like, trying to tread lightly. Right. No one wants to be the one that's, like, okay, at an organizational level, mm. beyond clubs just doing, like, oh, we'll do some charity with some black kids and then we'll say no to racism in one event yeah. and we'll call it a yeah. day there. Or donate money and like some clubs do in earnest try to do it. But like it just it, – it doesn't happen high up enough. And I don't think it's gonna, Chuck. I don't think it's like at what point is UEFA gonna punish the clubs because they won't even punish the fucking players. Like literally that's what this story is about. So like I don't I don't see it happening at the football – organizational level unless it happens from like fifa i guess but even then this only gets fixed when the internet gets fixed which is to say probably never but maybe hopefully in the next 10 years when someone says to twitter like okay we are taking you the company of twitter to court because of these things that happened yeah um well then you get into the realms of are they a publisher of content or a aggregate you know aggregator or whatever it is you know right exactly um yeah because yeah. thierry Henry's point was that the and, and it's one that chuck made a couple of weeks ago actually that the second you put a copyrighted video on twitter it gets pulled they have the means to do to to block this stuff at source you were talking about at what point you know what point can it be stopped you you can block it at source but if they do that they block a load of conservative political commentators and, apparently you know, they i can't remember which website it is it might be instagram or snapchat they already automatically filter out 95% of what happens. Really? So apparently oh, all the stuff we're ha- we're hearing about is only 5%. Tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I mean, I get this is purely anecdotal and I guess at this point we should we can move on right after this cuz we we probably should get to the soccer at some point. Um but I would say I get at least one a week and like yes. I don't talk about it like I I don't think that's something that you guys knew. I think probably um, when I'm listening back to this in a couple of days, I'll be sitting next to my wife and she's going to look at me and be like, wow, is that really true? That's so sad. Cause I don't like, it's not something I feel the need to talk about, but I do think that it is so much more pervasive online than I think, unless you are one of the people getting those types of messages realizes. Yeah. Like it's not at all. And I, I have what, like fucking 200 followers or something. Like I don't have a lot of followers. I'm not like a <laughs> yeah, big yeah, account. It's not that. Yeah, yeah. So just going off percentages, like. I'm seeing it that much. And and like I said, you just block them and you move on. But yeah, it's it's uh 
dear white people, it's much, much, much more pervasive on a very, very, very regular scale than I think you guys might realize. Not, and that's not, you know, obviously not to reverse racism. That's not all white people, but yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on, we should get to the actual fixtures. Uh, I have avoided this long enough. I was going to say it might be a <laughs> bit, are. I feel a bit bad doing such a quick change off the back. <laughs> life is, uh, life is life and we just move on. That's a perfect metaphor. Uh, you know, you block you the racism, racism and you go then you on got to something laugh else. At fucking massive, massive, hilarious football results. That's just what's going to happen, isn't it, Oscar? What was the yes, score? That's right. So we have Saturday, <laughs> April 3rd, Chelsea 2, West Brom 5. Oh, Chelsea what? No, 2. No, you got it the wrong way round. No, what? Thomas Tuchel. Tommy Tuchel, king of the tactics, football pervert. Uh, Chelsea 2, Brom 5. Chelsea 2.6 to Brom's 1.4. So that is Mr. Simpson. Go ahead and cue the jingle. I forgot to say that before. Battle of the week! Oh, sorry, do you want no, the No, no, give it, give it the airtime it deserves. <laughs> okay. Ooh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. So, you know, they, uh... <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> Way no. to suck all the energy out of the room, Oscar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, West Brom more than tripled their XG. Chelsea underperformed, and we lost 5-2 to West Brom. Um, I'm not going to take any kind of... Uh, out in terms of the Burnley-ing there. Chelsea were shit. It was by far their worst performance. Um, obviously, the 10 men is a factor. I think the red card was probably a bit harsh, but whatever. Like, everybody gets harsh red cards sometimes. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea were bad. That's it. I don't know. But you guys have been uh, texting me all week talking about how much you're going to make fun of me, how much you're going to shred me to pieces, better bring my lube, all that. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but you're on. always really good at getting, you're really good at taking the fun out of it. And I fucking hate you for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could get, you could get upset for us, Oscar. <laughs> for much, you prick. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm not sad. I mean, we've been really good. It's, this was bad. I'm not saying they weren't. But I like, don't know. I don't know if Ian, you watched this live as well, but it was one of those games where, and because of the nature of how Chelsea played, I didn't think it would matter them going down to 10 men. I didn't think with what we've seen from Tuchel and the fact that his style of play hasn't been his usual one and it's been about possession and control of games and choking the life out of it. I didn't think West Brom necessarily having the extra man would have been so much of an advantage. Um, and then Chelsea still were attacking, but it was just pretty just broken. I mean, you, he did that classic stupid Chelsea manager of thing of shifting to a back four when you've got Marcus Alonso at left back. And yeah, having Jorginho there. And it was it was very reminiscent of that goal that Oscar doesn't remember about um, Hung Min Sun attacking down the right side and, and it being those <laughs> two. And just Sun being able to just run all the way around them, like down the sideline, along the touchline, back in. And it was just that, that all over again. You think, well, those are the defensive frailties of that team. They kept attacking down that side, <laughs> having great luck. I mean, granted, I think... Mendy embraced the Kepa. Yeah, Mendy did not have a good day. I mean, it was a bad day all around, but like he let in some real long distance, not particularly well hit into the corner or hard shots. I'll say mm. that. Yeah, so bad times. Werner's still cursed. Uh, Pulisic's goal was good. That was good. Like he made the right thing running towards the near post like that. And I think he mm -hmm. deserved, you know, he deserved the goal from there for being there. I think that was quite a smart run. But yeah, I, the red card. That's, uh, I mean, that's a red card for me. That's a second yellow. Yeah, I, I must admit, Oscar, I thought it was a red as well. I, uh, Well, I thought it was a second yellow, sorry. 
Um, okay. I'm perfectly yeah. ha- happy with that being a yellow. I just thought it was it was slightly exuberant. It was it was Silver trying to put his stamp on the match when he should have just. He already stamped once. In this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the first one might have been a straight red. That I could have been more okay with. I think than the second yellow. Yeah, if I'm being yeah. honest, but like you know, mm. it's a a yellow and a half. Let's say. <laughs> I think that that's poor from him when he's on a yellow. Already. Yeah, it was dumb. It was bad. Yeah, and I think. If that's if that happens at seventy nine minutes instead of twenty nine minutes, you, you're as a Chelsea fan, you're probably not so unhappy with mm. the second yellow. You know, like it's because it was so early in the game. But I think a lot of Chelsea fans' anger was probably directed the wrong way. It was. It, yeah. I think it should have been directed towards Silver personally. Um, the only thing I would say in response to that, and Tuchel said this after the match as well, is that we were bad before the red card. Like they yeah, were yeah. carving us apart anyway. So I'm not like I'm not gonna be. I'm not going to focus too much on one thing. Like, Silva was bad, and getting a red card is dumb. Um, yeah. I think maybe it was his first match back playing under Tuchel, so he, you know, like you said, wanted to, like, really stamp his authority on it, really, like, make a mark. Obviously, that didn't go well. Yeah, um, and he should know better at his age. And he should know better at his age. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rudiger wasn't in there either. Rudiger and Kepa got in a fight in training. Mm. Um, and so... Why would Rudiger get punished for that? He's doing a favour. <laughs> No. <laughs> Should be given a bonus. If bonus, yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish he had just laid Kepa the fuck. No, I don't. I don't wish actual physical harm on anyone. Kepa's, I'm sure, a really nice guy. I'm sure I would be friends with him. But anyway. Not if he listened to our previous episodes, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not making excuses. They were bad. They were worse than West Brom. Burnley or not Burnleying or whatever. That's more annoying than the actual like game itself is the fact that we got Burnley. Like, I was <laughs> fine until I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I think if you watch the balance of play, there's not, you know, when it's like uh, just an absolute fluke and something happens, but when it's like, no, my team played shit and the result reflected that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we were better by any stretch, even if the XG says we were higher. That's all, mostly, I think, a game state thing. And we could sit here and pick out like individual mistakes like Alonso or Silva or Mendy or... Um, Jorginho. <laughs> Jorginho or Azpi on the right side. Like there was a lot of error yeah. to go around. They made a lot on the commentary about the fact that he was never intending on Silva playing the full 90 and it was about getting minutes. Right. And there was very much a lot of the this isn't the Bundesliga, this isn't League One kind of stuff, which was a bit like, uh, all right, just calm down. Um, But I did think it was a bit weird that if you are intending, normally like if you want to bring someone back like that, bring them on for the last 20, last 30, the game slowed down a bit. Um, you know, and so I think it showed him just not being quite on it. And I think the reason I'm happy with it being a second yellow and a red card, and it makes sense with the surprise, is that we see this so often in matches that it, things don't happen because it's early, or yes, because referees um deal with the events in isolation as opposed to necessarily in perspective of the whole game. Andy Pempraise from Sutton was saying before that he was like Silver's going to get sent off Silver's going to get sent off and so for me after he said that and I I I think I started watching the game just after Silver's first yellow I think and so to me like if I'm a referee and I'm seeing that and I'm seeing a player going all over the place doing that and then being reckless and potentially risking injury you're like well it looks, mate, to me, like you're just not on it today and you need to get off the pitch. So it's kind, it was kind of potentially an argument for the orange card that they've mentioned yeah, before, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's like you have to get off, but the other, you can bring a player on. Um, and it was kind of what we've been saying that, 
you know, even though the West Brom player got the shot off, it was still called back for the foul afterwards because of his follow through. So I think it exists in an area where it's that classic, if that happened more often, which is probably what should happen. Mm. That's fair. That you wouldn't be as upset about it. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was a wrong call. I just think it was soft. I think it was a soft second yellow for red. But it was a foul. Like, I'm not crying about it. If it's the 30th minute and you're considering a second yellow card for someone already, or they could have potentially had it already, or like you said, the first one probably should have been yeah, a red. it could have been like, red, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's get this guy off the field before someone gets hurt. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing about this, honestly, because I texted you guys before. It's Sam Allardyce, isn't it? That's the worst thing. It's Sam Allardyce, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Nah, you got his pint of gravy. <laughs> I, you know, I texted you guys before the match, and I was like, we're going to lose soon. We're due. No one stays this good for this long. Like, even Pep eventually lost to United, right? Like, so that was due. I'm glad it happened now than against fucking Palace next weekend, because how bad would that be? Or, even worse, tomorrow in the Champions League. I'm glad they got their little stutter out of the way. Hopefully it doesn't turn into a whole thing. But the fucking thing that infuriates me is that it was West Brom. Again. Every, I fucking, I, literally, I just want to complain about this, so just listen for the next 30 seconds. In the last 10 years against West Brom, okay, in 2011-12, they beat us 1-0. In 2012-13, they beat us 2-1. In 2013-14, they drew with us 2-2 and also 2-1-1, so we couldn't beat them. Uh, in 14-15, they beat us 3-0. In 15-16, they drew with us 2-2. 16, 17, they beat us 1-0. And now this year, a 3-3 draw and a 2-5 loss. So they have our fucking number. Like, the genuinely, they are our fucking bogey team. I think three or four Chelsea managers have been fired immediately after West Brom. You're the, you're the kind of person that's like, oh, passion mentality doesn't matter, but you buy into the bogey team thing. When n- I guarantee you, none of those incarnations of results probably had the same managers, the same players, anything. None of them. None whatsoever. It's just so, no. it's just so funny how that's just an aspect of your personality that you are happy to go with that. Yeah, thing, that, you know, it's got to come out somewhere. I have to just allow, <laughs> like, I'm human. I have to have confirmation bias somewhere. So I just, you know... <laughs> I let it come in in different spots, I guess. I don't know. Callum Robinson has scored five goals against Chelsea in three appearances in the league. There you go. Timo Werner scored five goals for Chelsea. What? Uh. <laughs> uh, Dig. Moving on then you to... You can move on now if you want. Yeah, go on. Uh, next match we have is Leicester 0, Manchester City 2. Uh, oh, no, sorry, just City. Uh, Leicester 0.3 to City's 2.0 on XG. Just another day at the office for City. Much better than Leicester, and that's what the scoreline showed. A ton of mm. rotation, presumably, with the Champions League in mind, um, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Screwed my FPL team over. Fuck it. Yeah, that's, that's the story here, I think. I, the, the, the stats robots had went 0 for 3 on their City picks for this match. Yeah, have you got the same? Because I've got Cancelo, Stones, and uh, Gundogan. All, all on the bench. Yeah, so that's the same one. Lovely, thank you. Mm. Worth worth noting as well that as we record, City are playing Dortmund. It's half time, and City are up one nil. Yeah, and they've looked good for it. They've looked good for it because I've got it on. on, I've got it on it. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, and Real Madrid are beating Liverpool two nil at half time. Oh hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 2021 is 2012 anagrammed. We beat ben, we beat a Portuguese team in the quarterfinals, a Spanish team in the semifinals, and then a German team in the finals in 2012. 
And it's looking like that's on the way. I'm going to rush to get this out tomorrow, which is Wednesday, before the Porto game as much as I can. <laughs> egg, egg, egg on the okay, face. Egg, 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 egg on and the face. And if you didn't do that, then you guys are listening to this knowing that I am horrendously sad about Chelsea losing to Porto. Uh, yeah, all right, City good. Yeah, I don't think there's much to say about this just because it was City with a, a perfectly functional performance. Leicester didn't do anything particularly wrong. You know, I don't think they were completely outclassed all game or anything it's nothing for them to worry about but it was just City doing City things I don't you know I genuinely think it's that simple De Bruyne doing absolute filth passes again like I say again still like I've always said it he does that pass where it's like he knows it's far enough away from a player that they aren't going to get it but close enough that they 100% are going to bite on it and he did it through Mm -hmm. two players it wasn't like a heavy hit ball it was hit at the perfect amount of pace that it looked slow but it was just perfect two Leicester players went for it missed then it went through ah genuinely I know it sounds stupid but like he's quite good he's he is very good yeah (laughs) his weight of pass is something that is so much better than a lot of other midfielders. And he you're absolutely right. He always pitches that ex- exactly right. He always puts it either on feet, if he needs to put it on feet, or just in front of players. His weight of pass <sighs> is just something else. And he's had that shit since he was a teenager, because I liked him when he was still at Gink, because there was a lot of connections and stuff. And like that's the one thing about him. No matter what foot he's using, no matter what where on the pitch he's standing, mm. he can like... Make the ball do magic bullet stuff like from the movie Wanted to get it to arc exactly at the right. Oh, not JFK. Well, you know, if, that's visual. If people have seen that movie, they can picture how the bullet arcs. Whereas the JFK bullet is like really extra chaotic, which is not what KDB's passes look like. Is there another midfielder behind a grassy? N- no, sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah. In the book suppository. KDB, suppository. many good. Uh, Moving Hot on. takes, pulse offside pod. <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne equals good at football. <laughs> Stroke, possibly presidential assassin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, where was he? Where was he? Where was he? Uh, unknown, unknown. Um, moving on, we have Arsenal 0, Liverpool 3, Arsenal 0.2 to Liverpool's 2.4. Pretty much exactly to the XG. Man, were Arsenal terrible here. Oh. Um, I would have taken much more joy out of this is if Chelsea hadn't already been quite shit a few hours yeah, before bet, that, yeah. sullying my mood. Mm. Um, so I'm not going to talk shit about Arsenal this week when we lost to fucking West Brom. Um, but do you guys want to talk shit about Arsenal on my behalf? Uh, I mean, I can. Um, <laughs> Always happy. Having to pick up that baton. Um, it's. I mean, there's all these comparisons going around that they're... They've moved backwards. Um, Arteta, that was Arteta's 50th game in the league, I think. Um, and comparing Wenger's last 50 and uh, Emery's first yep. 50, he's worse off in win percentage, um, yep. more losses than everyone, not converting them to draws. Like, they need to pick a lane. Are they cohesive and know what they're doing? Or are they no. just going to revert to that team where they just stand and point and go, I want ball this way, I want ball this way, and then not make runs for those spaces and not try to link it up and just pass out everywhere and just be like Granite Jacker and score own goals or some shit? Mm. Uh, my bet's on the second one. <laughs> Arteta was 
I thought it was really interesting in the post-match because he immediately took full responsibility, you know, said said it's it's me, I'm fully responsible, you know. But at the same time was, you know, was saying the team were very poor, not doing the basics. It's He was just like, it's very frustrating, big shock to the system, didn't win enough duels, gave away so many easy balls. So Less than 42 crosses. Less than 42 crosses, which is the benchmark, as we, as we all know. Um, I mean, I would not have wanted to be in the meeting that was no doubt on Monday because he would have pulled them apart. I mean, this is someone who a, a, was a student of Guardiola and to watch that, like, because the first half, they got away with it. Yes. And it, they mm. really did get away with it because they were fucking awful. And it was like, how Liverpool haven't scored is unbelievable, but they've got away with it here. Arteta's surely going to, you know, drag them over the coals during half time. And then, for whatever reason, they came out and were worse. Way worse. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. couldn't believe how poor they were. I mean, the reason is... Arteta, like he—that's literally his job. Well, absolutely, mm. it is, and and I like Arteta, but it's it's hard to make an argument for him when they were terrible and went in nil nil, and then came out more terrible and went in three nil down. It was very, 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 very poor. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't say it enough. They were just so bad. I and mean, it, in fairness to Arsenal. And this is not in fairness. No, this no, is one of no, those no. like. Can we do fairness to Arteta, not Arsenal. Can we do fairness to Arteta, not Arsenal? I'll stand by the man, not the. Uh, well, let me get to my the second half of my sentence because <laughs> it's one of those say. backhanded in fairnesses. So just let me finish, and then you'll be able to laugh. Oh, so yeah. not in fairness. Well, sort of. In fairness to Arsenal, like I don't know what you could expect from them here because Liverpool are literally more than four times better than them on expected goal difference per ninety. Like, Liverpool are at 0.61 positive goal difference per 90 expected, yeah, and Arsenal but... are at 0.14. Like, that's mostly neutral per 90. Cool, but, like, we've seen Burnley have a go. We've seen Brighton have a go. We, uh, there was nothing about Arsenal that made me think they were ever going to score. And we've seen mm. much worse teams at least cause Liverpool problems. And it's it sort of it's annoying... Season. Yeah. Especially this season, yeah. And it's annoying that we can't... I don't think you can judge Liverpool on this result as much as, you know, we could say maybe Liverpool are coming out of it. They've had a couple of decent results lately. I don't even class this necessarily as a decent result because their opposition was non-existent. Yeah, well, Liverpool had Alexander-Arnold back pinging in incredible passes. You know, we spoke about... Get him on the plane. Before. Get him on the plane. Um, Diego Jota <laughs> has been doing things... Diogo Jota came back from injury, scoring goals. Um, yeah. Salah was passing to Mane a few times. Um, <laughs> these are just all positive things. Yeah, I don't like that because they're getting a little too close to Chelsea in the the what will end up being the race for the last top four spot it's looking like, unless Leicester start to drop more points. And this makes me 0% zero, zero comfortable um, because I want Chelsea to be there so that this Tuchel team can have the Champions League next year that they deserve to like test themselves in. Right. Um, well, I've been I've been tortured with five thirty eight prediction percentages this uh, this season. Yeah, they're not applicable um, for the Premier League this year, Ian. Okay, don't worry about it. We don't need to talk. about Sorry, it. what? 
They don't oh, apply. Right. So we are... a, yeah, no, no, no. no. They don't work for the Premier League this year. They, they emailed <laughs> so me on the side. models work for League One, where the data is probably exactly. much, yeah, yeah, much yeah. worse. That's exactly the right. The stats yeah. community won't like you, Oscar, if you're just picking and choosing to suit your agenda. No, no, no. They emailed me on the side and were like, don't talk about the <laughs> probabilities and the predictions for the Premier League this year. And I was like, all right, out of respect... For you, Nate Silver. <laughs> Ian, do the numbers. I'll yeah, just give him. Come on, what do you got? I will do. Uh, Liverpool are 55% to qualify for the Champions League, and Chelsea are currently 38%. Oh, okay. Uh, Leicester are 65%, so yeah, that would put Chelsea fifth. Yeah. Still, mate, Europa League, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Get Tommy Tuchel yeah. a trophy in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Um, this is actually a very genuinely interesting conversation has been happening in analytics about why 538's numbers disagree with basically everyone this year. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Because they just make it up. No. Um, <laughs> their uh, their uh, methodology is less open source than others. So everyone's having discussions as to like, what are they looking at? Part of it is um, European performances getting right. weighed much more heavily and not other competitions getting weighed more heavily. Um, which is part of what makes Liverpool look better. Uh, Although a lot of people reasonably argue that, well, they are doing well in those, so that means that they are better, uh, so forth and so on. So it's kind of a back and forth. There's no, like, right or wrong answer, but it's curious you bring it up because, like, genuinely, the Double Pivot guys did, like, a half hour recently on, like, why does everyone else disagree with 538? And who's going to end up being right? Um, So I don't know, but it definitely doesn't make me happy that we're behind Liverpool. No, it can't. It can't. No. It's, it's, I mean, it's weirdly, it feels more about, because you're only, um, what are you, five points away from Leicester? Yeah. It's, it's weirdly to me whether Leicester do their Leicester thing of at the end of the season struggling. This is where mm. they were last year. And Leicester are not nearly as good as those other teams on XG difference per 90, which is really the thing that most accurately predicts. Yeah. As we've well, they're the sort of perennial overperformers, aren't they? And yeah, yeah, but they do still have like West Brom and Newcastle to play. Well, and the problem is that there's not that many games, and every point matters quite a bit. Five points over 30 games versus five points over eight games is a huge difference. So, yeah, numbers, yeah. All right, well, let's keep going then. Uh, are you guys going to genuinely make me talk about Southampton Burnley because there was five goals scored? Do you know what? Can we just... It was genuinely a really exciting and fun match to watch. No oh, really? hint of agenda or whatever. There were some really good goals. It, there was some really good play. Uh, Southampton came back from 2-0 down. Burnley were actually attacking and like passing and trying. It was, it was genuinely a really good game. And I think Southampton were, were did, did well to come back. Yeah, when it's one of them, it's, it's sort of mid-table mediocrity teams. But And you genuinely, I, I thought this is going to be fucking awful. Yeah. Great game. Really exciting. It was the exact point of football you want where it's like two teams that are similar position exactly like Ian said that are kind of at that point now where it doesn't matter because they're not going to get relegated and there's enough randomness and variance that who knows they could finish 16th or 9th at this point in the season so they just went at it and it was really good fun to watch cool all right more please Uh, well then tune in next week uh, to South whoever Southampton are playing and or whoever Burnley are playing and you might end up with an accidentally interesting match it's Burnley Newcastle fuck no we won't well, maybe. <laughs> well, actually, moving on to the next one, speaking of interesting matches involving Newcastle. It's Newcastle 2, Tottenham 2, Newcastle 3.3 to Tottenham's 2.4. Uh, RIP Jeff Petter, I believe he had three heart attacks over the course of this match. He was so so much rage tweeting was happening. And uh, we love you, Jeff. Hang in there. It's not as bad as he feels like it is. Josie will be gone soon. 
Um, Willie, it's very expensive. Very, very expensive, expensive to get rid of it. Uh, I feel good about Arsenal and Tottenham sucking. Makes me less angry about Chelsea losing to West Brom. <laughs> it's pretty fucking abysmal as results go. I'm not going to lie. They like it was one of the worst defensive performances I've seen. They were just Tottenham were all over the shop, and it's like they allowed Newcastle to come at them so much, and like they Newcastle had the most shots in the box they've ever had. Um, some XG numbers, I mean, three point three for uh, understat info goal has it at three point eight six. Uh, BBC Jeez. had it at four point oh two. So I'm happy to go with that one. That one's great. And <laughs> they were just getting into these positions where it. If it wasn't Newcastle, they would have scored a lot more. No, I mean, it was just like not quite being there. Dwight Gale uh, forced Lloris into a double save really early on that was good. And then it was just like Joe Linton being there and, and just being left alone before the goal for about 20 seconds whilst Tottenham repeatedly <laughs> tried to clear it. I think it was three clearances in a row where they just hit the Newcastle <laughs> player, hit their own player, skewed the ball and then played it in and Joe Linton basically had a tap in. And it, yeah, like Jose being Jose and saying, "Oh, what's you know? Oh, why is uh, your approach not working at this team when it has at others?" And and you know he pulls out the classic same coach, different players. Like what digs? Yeah. So yeah, lucky they've got Harry Kane, eh? Yes, I mean yes, genuinely, he's very good. Yeah, he hasn't been injured for a while. He's super fucking good. It sucks. Yeah, and Sun's, uh, they'll be glad that Sun got a. Uh half half the game under his belt at least mm. um I, I did enjoy Bale coming on and uh he just sort of walked on chewing gum and like that free kick's mine okay and everyone just clears out all right Gareth there you go take that free kick bang straight over the bar fucking wanker just looked like such a moron coming on for the last few four minutes and just literally came on and he did he, they were crowded around the ball for the free kick and he just went picked the ball up moved it forward six inches and was just like i'm taking this it's like if you do that you better make sure you fucking hit the target <laughs> golf he got That's... confused wrong sport you, you thought yeah. this is the problem because some because Tottenham playing white sometimes he gets confused thinks he's still yeah. playing for madrid and just well, has he to fuck fucking it. used a sand wedge on that one because it was nowhere fucking near definitely and, and then you've got um so toby out of apparently there was some sort of thing about him not being back in time from um from international duty to get covid cleared um Apparently he disputes that because that he liked a tweet where someone said no he was back in he was back at this date and blah blah blah. Apparently that's it, Jose's just managing to sort oh, of Jose spot, started spot piss off yeah exactly a yeah, few, yeah, yeah, yeah. few players you know where they're getting happy to just on social media sort of everyone knows if you like a tweet everyone can see it you know <laughs> and it's just yeah Jose's doing Jose things. I mean the the post match was classic Jose. And yeah, I I've started to feel for Tottenham fans a little bit because nah, nope, <laughs> no, no, <Not> me. But, <laughs> but it just it felt like their year and the Jose thing has just accelerated very their quickly, year, hasn't it? Their year for what? Well, no, when it started with like Son and Kane were banging in four or five goals, you know, every other game for fun. It was just yeah. It, but the problem you know, is, is when it's only two players and yeah, then one uh, yeah, of those absolutely. two players gets injured. And then fair enough yeah. to Harry Kane, like he is top, 
top goals. Top. I, I can't remember the last time someone was top for goals and assists. Like, he might be player of the year this year, straight up. Yeah. Yeah, he's done incredibly, considering the, like a lot of people, us included, and I certainly put me in that because I think I used the words busted flush at the start yep. of the season. And, uh, you know, he's proved everyone wrong by actually dropping deeper with a plan rather than just doing it out of necessity. And yeah, he's been he's been unbelievable, but I yeah, what what I yeah. don't know what to make of Spurs at all. I don't know what to make of Jose. I don't even know if he's still a good manager. He certainly thinks he's what has he said about pundits shouldn't be saying things about one of the most important managers of the game and I think gave a name to fans of him, Marinistas or something. Which Brilliant. Was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like you'd have fans of him following around club to club. <laughs> Look, we stand a sassy Portuguese queen. I'm just saying. All right, I love, I love, I love Jose Mourinho so much, of and course, I never yeah, ever wanted to change. He did incredible things at your club, but I think that's the thing. It's, he did incredible things at Chelsea, and now um, he's doing hilariously terrible things at Man United and at Tottenham. Hey, it's fucking he great. got that yeah. Man United team to second, okay? Which was an they incredible achievement, team. actually. Yeah. Yeah, genuinely, that's one of the more impressive things he's done as a manager. Just will never get recognition because, like, he didn't win a title and like stuff. But like, yeah, that was unbelievably impressive, and it's not that long ago. Like, Jose has it in him. Even this start of this season, God, why am I defending Tottenham? I don't know. Are you defending Jose? He we know what a system. Did. You talked about like, oh, Harry Kane is good because he's dropping in with a plan. Yeah, he didn't fucking come up with that plan. Jose Mourinho gave him that plan. Yeah, like, yeah, true, true. So he has. If Kane does get player of the year this year, which I think he's probably in the lead. I don't know what the bookies would say, but the analytics community has him as one of the front runners, at least. That's down to Jose. Yeah. Jose brought Kane back from the dead. So, like, that's an impressive and important thing to happen even after he inevitably leaves. Um, if they can hold on to Kane and they have a Kane that's, like, confident and healthy and knows how to play within a different type of system, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's genuinely an accomplishment that Jose Mourinho did this year. Yeah. Um, but they also could have tied Chelsea for points, and instead they dropped two points against Newcastle. So, you know. <laughs> bad times. Bad times. Um, three one. Speaking of bad times, oh, R.I.P. Fulham. Aston Villa three. Fulham one. Aston Villa one point five two to Fulham's one point five two. Exactly even on understats xG, but Fulham losing by two goals here. Uh, that does drop them to sixty one percent to go down. Uh, third most likely. Um, and most likely of the not two obviously relegated teams. Yeah. Uh, so that sucks. They just lost their minds a little bit late on. And mm. yeah, Dean Smith's substitutions were very good. Um, although Trezeguet was a bit mouthy in the post-match as well. He, um, yeah. Clearly, clearly not too happy that he's been benched so often this season. But he was brilliant when he came on. And so fair play to him. You know, he uh, did the business. Um yeah, but Fulham did lose their heads a little bit, and that is an opportunity missed, isn't it? Because it does. It Newcastle have got um, game in hand now and are three points ahead, so it it does become much trickier for Fulham now, uh, which is a is a real shame. Because I, I, you know, we 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 stand Fulham, we stand Scott Parker, who was genuinely seemed absolutely gutted afterwards as well. But I, I don't think they did anything particularly wrong. They do. I'm scared to use the word but it does it was a little bit of a sort of mentality loss at the end there they just 
took their foot off the gas really that is a real thing for the record like there are some cases where it yeah, is mentality yeah. so like <laughs> i'm not saying it doesn't exist no no but i i get annoyed it's overuse you know yeah fulham are looking at a really tough run in too that does like i'm guessing that's part of why their percentage relegation percentage is high because they have wolves arsenal chelsea burnley southampton man united and then newcastle on the last day mm. so like yes they have newcastle on the last day but along the way there they play some Genuinely good teams and a lot of mid-table teams. Yeah, it just feels like it started a bit too late for them, really, with going up. But it's whether or not they take the Norwich route and they're taking a longer plan. And it was like, no, we can go down and hold on to players um, and come back. Um, well, the Norwich, the Norwich route tonight is the Norwich route tonight is Huddersfield, beating, yeah. Huddersfield six nil. Yeah. <laughs> Huddersfield, <laughs> Huddersfield, Yay, Huddersfield. Timu Pookie with a hat trick. Oh, do you remember that Pookie hat tricks for FPL? I was in London the last time Pookie was banging in Scored. goals for FPL. <laughs> That's how long ago that was. This is very true. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I'll happily rob Scott Parker off Fulham. Um, sorry, not sorry, Sephira Gold. He's so handsome. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He's he so handsome. Every time you guys bring him up, I'm just like, ah. Yeah, all right. Well, <sighs> he has nice hair, let's perfect move on because, jawline. Yeah, all right, we get it. Really good fashion sense. No, I'm going to talk about Fulham it for a little bit. Fulham is sad. Brighton lost. They were up. <laughs> oh, unlucky Brighton. Sorry. Oh, no. Fine, we cannot talk about how handsome Scott Parker is for once, and we'll move on to the next match. Manchester United 2, Brickton 1. Manchester United 1.7 to Brickton's 1.4 on XG. Mm -hmm. So pretty uh, technically rounds to the correct whole numbers in the XG scoreline. It was probably closer to a draw. Um, But, you know, just a good day for United, who are pulling away from the rest of the pack, unfortunately, in the race for uh europe they are at 60 points chelsea are at 51 being probably the next most likely of the chasing pack uh west ham are at 52 we literally gave the numbers before and you're not (laughs) you're not you're third most likely below man united it goes man united then liverpool then leicester then chelsea right 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 liverpool okay so what i'm saying though is west ham are not really in the conversation no i didn't say Um, didn't say west ham didn't say west ham so Man United have a nine-point gap to the only other teams really in the conversation for fourth place, Chuck. Uh, Four points, Leicester. Which is feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Uh, 538 has them at 97% to qualify for the Champions League after that result. Pretty much job done. How are we feeling about Ole? Given that this is where they're like basically what their season, they don't really have much left to do. So I just wanted to laugh at Brighton. I don't I didn't have anything to say <laughs> oh, okay. here. All right, we'll save the Ole conversation for another day then. Ha ha ha, Brighton. Thank uh, you. Brighton now, in terms of their numbers... Are six points behind Palace, so it doesn't matter. Six points behind Palace and 1% to get relegated. <laughs> 1%. There's still a chance. All right, well, that takes us on then to uh, Easter Monday, Monday, April 5th. Uh, bank holiday over in the UK. I was working through all of these, so I didn't catch any of them. Uh, Everton won... Crystal Palace 1, Everton 2.5 to Palace's 0.6. Oof. Chuck, any uh, words on this one? We've got a point. That's why he scored as well. Yeah, that was nice. I was really worried. Like, literally, the second it went in, I was like, ah, it's offside. Ah, it's offside. <laughs> oh, is that, is, that, is, that, is that a goal? Look at his little face. Even he doesn't celebrate the goal whatsoever because he's like, uh, I don't want to move. Um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't look at the XG numbers, so, you know, pinch of salt. But we were actually playing more in a more attacking way Mm -hmm. and the substitutions weren't 
defensive midfielder for defensive midfielder. <laughs> so that's kind of nice. Um, but also it then feels like if this is the route we're going to go down for the rest of the season and we're going to play with the shackles off and we're going to attack and it's going to be entertaining to watch and we're going to get points, is it going to piss me off that we just didn't do it for the rest of the season? Stay tuned to find out, folks. I think the answer is definitely yes. 100% yes. (laughs) It will burn me to my very fucking core. (laughs) <laughs> all right well i mean i'm not going to talk shit about palace good really really good goalkeeping actually and that was the same okay. in, the, in the burnley um uh the burnley southampton match which was weird that you get like five goals but also the goalkeepers were putting on fantastic performances as well and one last match for the week white wolves two west them three wolves 2.0 to west them's 1.6 so west ham getting a burnley here um but not burnley of the week obviously we talk- Norwich, 7 0. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> good Lord. Huddersfield. Carry on, sorry. I know it's just a complete and utter no, segue that means nothing. Yeah, that's worth noting. Norwich are going to tear up the Prem next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any, uh, any words from you, gents, on the this one's for all the W's? Wolves versus West? Well, I think I know what the comment's going to be before you two make it, so go on. Lingard's good, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Ian, for taking that so I don't have to. Um, I still don't like him. Won't forgive him for FA Cup final and all that. But you couldn't... like That was a really good goal. His goal was really good. I think he assisted the second and then the His third. Assist was, yeah, it was really good as well. The third, yeah. he did the audacious, uh, almost the Balassi flick. Um, saving the ball, going off for a throw-in, flicking it just before it went out for a corner to then pass yeah. across. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that's pretty special. Yeah, he's good. Uh, from an FPL point of view, no one has scored more points since he moved to West Ham. If you take it from game week twenty-two when he moved to West Ham, he is the highest FPL point scorer. And and you know what? I'm, I really look forward to West Ham spending fifty million on him in the summer, <laughs> and then him getting cropped. I mean, I would I'm not not wishing injury on the man, but that is a hundred percent going to happen. I don't know. He might be a bit busy on England duty. Come on, Gareth, put him on the plane. Oh, oh he, Gareth loves he, him. he he hasn't done anything for years and played like really well for six games in the team. You know he'll get done. Hundred percent. Yes, uh, that pleases me greatly because it'll be at the expense of like someone clearly much better. Oh God, it'll be like Grealish if he leaves Grealish at home. Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, but it's all those. This is the annoying thing with international football. Not to delve into this cesspit, but. Every everyone in isolation, and and you see people saying it for so many players going, oh, you've got to take Jack Grealish comes up, oh, he's got to be on the plane, and then Mason Mount yeah. comes up, oh, he's got to be on the plane, and like all these people, yeah, in isolation, that's great, you can say that. Put together twenty five players, go for it, a hundred percent. You will have to leave out someone that should be yeah. there. It's just yeah. what happens. Yeah, it's like in the golden generation, like they should have just not tried to shoehorn Gerard in there. Because like Lampard, skulls yeah. and Lampard and you know there was a lot of people around. I like, the way, we, I like the way with you at Lampard automatically gets the nod. But Lampard, was I the mean, best. he he was yeah, the I best. Was. So like was. you know, rightly so. All right, well that should do it for soccer. Fucking finally, not my t- not my turn to host anymore. Um, 
Someone, uh, someone. Do you want to does... finish your sentence or? Yeah. <laughs> Not my turn to host anymore. Silence. <laughs> just stops. Just I stops mean, that talking. is a sentence. You put a period there. It is the end of a sentence. Yeah, but not when your inflection went up like it did. Yes, fair enough. Uh, not my turn to host anymore. So someone, please take over, and I will tr- switch into trolling mode. Ah, predictor league, league of predictions. We haven't done it for ages. Here's the time for the perfectly rehearsed jingle that I totally write every week to remember myself. What happens in the game? So you know the rules before the season. Lots of people, maybe 33, no, I think it's 34, gave us their predictions of where teams will finish in the Premier League. And I worked out an algorithm to work out the standard deviation of their teams, where they predicted to give them a score where lower is better. Um, yeah, so wow. predictor league you has... spoil us with that long jingle. <laughs> yeah, well, top is uh, the table that we put in the other day, which was uh, the expected goal difference per 90 table. So that's on 60. Still, that's top, is it? Yeah, yeah, Yay, I've just updated stats. it. Ultimately, we're all shit. Um, yeah. Because that means, on average, you're three places wrong with every team in the league. Uh, second is Chris Smith, good old Smitty. So the actual person. Uh, on 62 and then in joint third place James Doncaster uh, the father of Oscar Dalton and uh, some guy called Ian Stimson oh lovely yeah I'm in sixth Uh, then we got Sam Danby Nate Whittam Adam P Pad Fall Dave Mateo the average of the three of us Rob Heppenstall Gabriel uh, oh just lost where I am then Alex Sampson 15th Emily Drennan in 16th John OG Jeff Pedder Finley Stimson Mark Daffin Tom Townley Blair Williamson Mark Howes uh, our Oscar you're in 24th mate Uh, Jordan Cohen Johnny Worthington James Lynn Hammer, Andy Penprase from Sutton, uh, Oscar, son of Father Dalton, Safira Gold, and her brother Matthew Gold. In 31st and 32nd, respectively, <laughs> Dan Parkinson in 33rd, and my better half, Gina, is last on 100 points. Oh, bless her. 100 points. Hey, that's that magic mark. That's what yeah. you want to hit. That's what all the kids want. That's what it is. So there you go. There's predictor league. It means nothing apart from to those 30 people, but let's face it, you're the only ones listening. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. And the winner gets a 50, 50, 51 pound gift card to uh, a team of their choices. Yeah. Um, Smith, Smitty's to lose at the minute. Club shop. Smitty's to lose at the minute. Or one of us maybe will win again and then we'll have to go to second. But it is still my <laughs> year. I should really do it. Uh, should we talk about FPL, Ian? Do you want to talk about FPL this week? Are we bothered? Oh, yeah. Are we burnt out? How are we feeling? Still just treading water. Those three blanks sure didn't help, huh, Ian? Oh, they really didn't help. As well, I, 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 I don't know. I rolled a transfer, but if I had have done my transfer, it would have been Bale to Sun. That would have been one point for one point, so who cares? Um, I don't know. I've got, so I've got two free transfers now. I probably am going to go Bale to Sun because I think going forward, that's the best thing. And then I'm probably going to go... Maha to Ianacho or something. I've I've got a couple of weeks before I wildcard. I keep putting this wildcard back. I'm going to end up doing it in game week 38 at this rate. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't want that because then like you get the benefit of one week, but then not <laughs> potentially three weeks of just having a better team. Well, um, exactly. <laughs> Sunday night, I did. I got rid of Dallas for Alexander Arnold, but then half my team went red after that, so I'm not feeling <laughs> it. I've still got one free transfer though. I'd I'd like one to burn, okay. and I was like. 
I wasn't too sure and nothing's really jumping out at me. Because like, it's like the Man City players, there's no real point getting rid of any, um, even though I only suffered with Gundogan not playing. Um, I still right. had De Bruyne and Diaz, so that helps. And then I've got Jota, Kai Havertz, fucking... Oh, that's what annoyed me as well. Mr. Bloody Natural, Unnatural, False True 9, yeah. his best 9, whatever, Tuchel, doesn't play Kai Havertz. It just puts bloody the cursed child yeah. playing in fucking... No good. No good, and then Harry Kane saved my life. Luke Shaw pissed me off, uh, and I've got Bamford. But maybe you'll get rid of Bamford, I don't know, because they've got... they've got. It's City. getting trickier to hold Leeds assets, I think, isn't it? Well, it's yeah. just the next three games are City, Liverpool, Man United. Yeah. I mean, I know what Leeds are like, that necessarily it doesn't matter, that like, you could get one goal. Yeah, I feel like I'm perfectly happy to keep Rafina, who's been the absolute success, only success story of my season. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, everything else I'm fairly, fairly happy to get rid you guys get so sad talking about FPL. I just think it's, I think a lot of people are just tired. I don't even think it's just FPL. I think the novelty, like we've said it so many times, the novelty of every game being one after the other, yeah. worn off. And, you know, we spoke about it before, about being able to watch every game. Yeah. Um, it is great, but it should there should still be the option to have multiple games at once. Like one of the best things is, you know, like when we went to... Um, where, where was it in New York? Oscar, what was the name of the place? Fuck's sake. Uh, oh, the football factory? Football factory at Nevada. Not at Nevada Smiths. Um. But having on the last game of the season, obviously 10 games on at once, or Ian, you and I in the Maple Leaf with friends with six games on at once, and yeah. actually being able to watch them in that situation, or having a goal rush, having a goal show like uh, BT Sport do in the group stages of the Champions League and those kind of things, so that you've got something else to watch because there is so much dead time in a game of football and if it is a game that's a bit turgid you want to kind of be able to switch over to something else and yeah. I think that's kind of what is contributing so much to the burnout this year of an FPL week taking so long it just and it also feels like like I'm not obviously playing FPL I am doing the stats robots which is not going well got the 60 points this week or whatever but like I do do fantasy for my Fantrax team and it's just like I miss having Monday to Friday off yeah, if yeah. I wanted it. You know what I mean? Like now it's just like every day I have to check the lineup every day. There's new players on waivers. Like it's non-fucking-stop. And I'm like, can I just get a fucking break like a, for mm. like a week? Yeah, well, this international break's been nice. You know, yes. I really did just check out for a little while, um, you know, and it just have a little bit of time off from football and it was it was quite pleasant. And yeah, yeah. I was quite glad that some of the games were good this this week because I, I was yeah. up for it. It's a shame Peter didn't do better against Sunderland because that's what I was really up for and that was a bit of anti-climax, but there you go, you know. And and just to kind of close on what you were saying, Oscar, about draft, like one of the reasons I didn't play draft before was because of working in hospitality and not being able to be on it on yeah. the Saturday 2pm because that was like the make or break lineups come out. You've got three, four, five fixtures are about to kick off at three o'clock and you've got that yeah. rush at that time and that, oh, I've got this and this and that and that. And then you finally, you discover a player. You're like, oh, no one's picked him up yet. Shit, right. Get, and then you're like, ha, 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 right. But that doesn't <laughs> exist anymore because it's one game. You look at the lineup and go, oh, yeah, not bothered. Oh, yeah, not bothered. Yeah. And you don't, it doesn't seem like there's that many options to make moves in one go. So... I can understand. I've why. missed deadlines. 
for like check you know like i always like oh an hour before i gotta check lineup see if there's someone on my bench that i need to put in or whatever i've missed a bunch of fucking deadlines recently because i'm just like you know it's like it it'll be whatever what does it matter none of it really matters does it (laughs) none of it matters no (laughs) (laughs) which means that it is time for everybody's favorite part of the week speaking of none of it matters you're gonna get some bluff for bluffs. They're oh, gonna make some bluff for bluffs. Bluff for guess and bluff for time. If we, if we keep talking, at least blind. it cuts out the audio for us because he <laughs> gets the worst. <laughs> I'll still have to edit him back in though. Will yeah, you? Yeah, Ian has to hear it anyway. Um, <laughs> I talked over the whole song. Love that song. Really glad we found a way to get it back in. Um, Emily's laughing right now, I guarantee, because I, that's like my classic move is like, put a car, a song on I really love and then talk over it about how great it is. So anyway. Um, well, the song ended, so that's fine. I have a category. I will say how many things there are in that category. Chuck and Ian will go back and forth, betting on how many they think they can name from that category and so forth and so on. Uh, so... This first list, which I'm going to give to Ian to start off, comes from Londontopia.net. Fuck. It's Cockney Rhyming Slang Cockney all over Cockney Rhyming again. Slang. And it is the top 100 Cockney Rhyming Slang you words and phrases. <laughs> this went so poorly the other week that I needed to bring it back. We bid, we bid five on 57. Yeah, this is out of 100. <laughs> I checked this one with an English person. Who's the English person? And they person? said that there's a lot Who's of common English ones person? here. I will not tell you because they will get, <laughs> it goes poorly. I want that to be on me, not them. They were nice enough to help out. Um, 100 Cockney rhyming slang words and phrases. Gentlemen, Ian, how many can you name? I'm trying to remember what I said last week. I'm trying to figure out if my paper's still around from when yeah. I wrote them all down. <laughs> yeah, oh shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, wait. Oh no, I scribbled them out in anger. See, I, yeah, I think I might have ripped the page off. I'm still looking, but... I was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I also did read quite a few out over the air. I think it was, like, from the origins of Cockney rhyming slang in, like, whatever it was, like, the late 1800s, <laughs> or, when, like, whenever. Which yeah, I think you're right. It would have been hundreds of years of changes that no yeah. one would hear anymore. This one is a modern list. Uh, a lot of the ones that you guys had said were here... Uh, this should be more reliable. You should have known I was going to bring it back. <laughs> I did, Come on. I genuinely didn't think you would. It was Army and Navy for gravy that was my just... just yeah, the and one. then Basin of Gravy was Baby. Yeah, never heard it before in my life. Yeah, neither of those Army is on babies. this one. This, so. is, this is like the preamble is going to last longer than the roundy. And so go on, do you think? <laughs> it's fucking hilarious that I brought it back though. Come on, you know, you know. <laughs> I did not expect it, I'll be honest, yeah. Okay, uh, right. I will go with um, six. Bastard, I was going to bid six. <laughs> Seven. Uh, eight. Nine. This list is out of a hundred. <laughs> out of a hundred. Ian, out of a hundred, do you want to take us into the double digits? Yeah, ten. You, you don't have to. Don't feel pressured. I just wanted to bring back the Cockney thing. No, no, you guys can't it's get funny to because I, I edited like a little teaser video of that bit. So I, I and it's been in conversation. I've talked to Kelly about it. I was like, "How many Cockney rhyming slang do you think you can get?" <laughs> and then like played her the thing of you saying army and navy for gravy, and she was furious, and it was all great. But yeah, I uh, yeah, all right, then I will bid ten. I suppose. Okay, eleven. I guess. 
<laughs> Chuck said 11. Guarantee oh, that Chuck knew I was going to do this and memorized a thousand popular Cockney words well, just honestly, preparation. It, yeah, I, I went through a few more. I will go... Oh, God, right. Uh, yeah, I will go 12. Lucky 13, Chuck? Do you want to go to 13 or do you want to let Ian have it at 12? 13. I think I'm done. I, I had got 12 oh, written down. Shit. I'm done. No, I've, I've still got six, so Ian gets the point. Just give him the point. No, come on, come on, you got to go. I don't have... I've got... Right, okay, let me read through the scribbles. Um, so apples and pears, which we did before. <laughs> that probably won't be one. That is, apples and pears is stairs. I hope this is a better list. Trouble and strife, wife. Trouble and... Strive for wife, absolutely. Item number 96, it's in alphabetical order. Uh, whistle and flute. Yes, number 99, whistle and flute for suit of clothes. What the fuck does that say? Uh, dog and bone. Dog and bone for phone, yes. Uh, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve for believe, yes. Uh, Barney Rubble. <laughs> Barney Rubble for trouble, yes. This is such a bad list. <laughs> Uh, oily rag. Okay. Oh, that's a shame. Sorry, oily rag is not there. Okay, I don't have any more. So, like, I'd literally, I was hoping Ian would say fourteen, but uh, Ian, get, go for it. What well, do you I got? Probably should have because uh, you've got a couple that I forgot to write down. I've got um, so there's Ruby Murray Curry, which we mentioned last week. Mm-hmm, that's here. Uh, butcher's butcher's hook look. Oh yeah. Yeah, butcher's hook for look. Yep. Yeah. Uh, bees and honey. Uh, bees and honey for money. Yep. Rosie Lee, cup of Rosie. Rosie Lee for a tea. Yep. Uh, and China plate for mate. Me old China. China plate for mate, meaning friend. Yes. That's it for me. All right. Well, point to uh, Ian on that one. Chuck, you need this one to stay alive for the week. Otherwise, yet another point goes to Ian. Um, this is the acts with. The most number one albums on the official UK charts. The acts that have had the most number one albums in their career. Of all time. All time total number one albums since uh, 60, for the last 63 years. Oh my okay. word. Do you, want, do you want to give us a, a, a number we're aiming for? <laughs> oh, yes. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this list is the top 53. Uh, you know what? Actually, guys, I'm going to actually limit this to 27 so that it's not like bidding from 53 is like way too fucking many. Oh, we, we just did 100 Cockney rhyming slang. But... <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Uh, but this one, you guys might actually know stuff. So I'm going to do the top 27. That puts us at everyone who's had seven or more number one albums in seven UK chart more history. Number one albums. Okay. Seven or more number one albums. Yes. Um, Four. All right, Chuck, four out of the 27 artists that have had seven or more number one albums on the UK charts. Uh, five? Six? I, I find this really hard to think of, of artists who have had seven good albums. Of course, it doesn't actually mean seven good albums. It just means seven albums that have sold. Mm. But, but There are people well into the double digits. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to let him go with six. I'm struggling. Six. Wow. Okay, so six yeah. artists who have had seven or more number one albums, Chuck. Okay. Um, well, the Beatles? That's right. The Beatles, number one, with 15 albums that went number one, a total of 176 weeks. I don't really have any logic for these other than just saying massive 
artists. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that should work. You only have to get through five. Ian was a coward with his bidding. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, yes. Ten number one albums coming in at ninth on the list. I had him as a maybe. <laughs> okay. Uh, Queen. Queen, yes. Also with ten number one albums. Oh, God, I only had them as a maybe as well. Fucking hell. I think I did right Um there. Still a long way to go, Ian. Yeah. Uh, three more. Chuck, three more. I wonder how many are like modern, though. That's the problem. Yeah. And like, I know people that have like number ones, but it's also just assessing how many albums did they release, but they probably did yeah, know. Yeah, definitely. Um, who else is massive? Ian? Ian, who's massive? Uh, <laughs> would The Who be one? Yeah, The Who. The Who. Boo! The Who are not even in the top 53. Oh, God. Right. So they have not even had five uh, albums that went number one. Did you have any more guesses? David Bowie. David Bowie, 11 albums. Yep. Elton John. Uh, Elton John is here for sure. Seven albums, Elton John. Yep. Westlife. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Genuinely, I no, remember their oh name from God, the list. Where are they? <laughs> yeah, so that would have been like my next three. Never mind. Ian, any... Uh... Uh, I had Madonna written down. Yep. Madonna, 12 number one albums. Robbie Williams? Yep, Robbie Williams. 13 number one albums, beating 13. Madonna on the list. Yeah, you guys love your Robbie Williams, apparently. Jeez, I didn't even God. know he'd released that many albums. That's, 13 yeah. number Oasis? one albums. Oasis? Yeah, Oasis is, uh, where are they? Eight number one albums. Again, I would have only assumed, but I don't know. I don't know enough about music. Yeah. Never mind. Play, play, play music, Ian. Go on. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We'll just have to change the Bluffer theme tune to that to get it out of the way. <laughs> just to get it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just to rattle off some of these names here that you guys missed out, you could have had Elvis Presley, uh, the Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, Rod Stewart, Michael Jackson, Eminem, Queen, U2, ABBA, Bob Dylan, Take That, Oasis, Coldplay, Led Zeppelin, R.E.M., Kylie Minogue, uh, Barbara Streisand, George Michael, Paul McCartney, The Prodigy, or Phil Collins. See, that's, there's, so, there's artists like Eminem where you know that they've had seven, eight albums, whatever they've had. But I wouldn't have necessarily said every single one had gone to number one, you know. Eminem has as many number one albums in the UK as Michael Jackson. Fuck. Wow. That's incredible. Okay, that, is, that is more of a statement about the UK than anything else, I think. I like Eminem <laughs> quite a bit, but fucking hell. <laughs> that, yeah, that's really, yeah, that's a tough one. That, tough one to get your head around that. Yeah, okay. Good, good category. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Ian enjoys not answering any questions. Uh, anyway, so we move on to... Fucking, I play the game, mate. Fuck off. He's, uh, he's yeah. beating us. We can't, Fixtures! Like... Friday, the 9th of April. Friday deadline, 6.30 for your FPL oh, purposes. Oh, Phil Foden's just scored. Yay! Good old Phil. Um, Fulham have got Wolves on Friday night. Uh, then on Saturday, three games. Man City against Leeds, Liverpool, Villa, and the Mop Derby, Chelsea versus Palace. At 5.30 on Saturday. Uh, on the Sunday, Burnley versus Newcastle, West Ham, Leicester, Spurs, Man United, Sheffield United, Arsenal. And on Monday the 12th, West Brom versus Southampton and Brighton versus Everton. Some fairly even ones. Uh, lots of kind of stuff to go at. Uh, yeah. God, Good why balance. are they putting bad games on Monday nights at the minute? Oh, because no one watches them. Yeah, is that it? Oh, it's it's gotta be. It's always like Monday and Friday are never good games because they tried it for so long, I guess, to be like, oh, Monday night football, and it just yeah. it doesn't. 
It doesn't work, guys. It doesn't work. <laughs> All right. Should we get out of here? Why not? Sure. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for enduring it. Hopefully your knowledge of Cockney rhyming slang is through the roof now. Mine's uh, better than it was. It really is. Yeah, well, Educational. literally only just got into double digits. Um, say goodbye, Oscar. <laughs> goodbye. By the way, that pub is Legends Football Factory, that Legends pub in the US in New York there City. Shout out. Say goodbye, Ian. See you later. And thanks, Nate Whitham, producer, girlfriend, have a protector of the realm. Take care. Bye-bye.